Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Sure, I get upset sometimes. Driving in traffic makes me angry. Waiting in line annoys me. When my kids don't listen, that frustrates me. And my husband's stupid habits completely irritate me. Driving in traffic, waiting in line, not listening, stupid habits. Angry, annoyed, frustrated, irritated. Angry, annoyed, frustrated, irritated. You think these sins are avoidable? If you ask me, I think they're absolutely necessary. Man, are you kidding me? What worship we had just a minute ago, man. That's just good stuff. So it's good to see you here, and it's good for those who are listening online. Uh, we, we welcome you as well. And I hope you uh, enjoyed that extra hour uh, of sleep you received this morning from the Lord. I, I, we can say it's from the Lord, but it's basically some men who have not figured out how the calendar works yet, and the earth turns around the sun, but we still try to get that extra hour. Uh, and I love how it's awesome on those, these Sundays that, that people just show up early, an hour early, and they're ready to worship. And I'm like... Congratulations, you get to help us set up now. So uh, it, was, it was awesome, man. It fall back, it happens. And so those who enjoyed that extra hour, congratulations for those who showed up early. You got your front row seat finally. So, uh, and you maybe even got a donut. Uh, but today is a great day to be here. Uh, and if you're new with us, uh, we have been on this three-week journey together. And if you've not been here, it's, it's one of those moments where it's, it's like you're jumping in at the end of a movie, catching the trailer, you know, the, the, that last scene that's sort of significant. Uh, and if you feel like you're missing out on something, or if you want to sort of fill in the gaps, uh, you can always go back to our website, www.centerpointdanville.com, and, and hit the media tab and check in there. Or you can go on, on iTunes and catch this whole series, because I really believe it's a powerful series, and you can understand a little bit where, we, where we've been. You can play catch up. Uh, but what we've been discussing in, in, the wor- in, in this, 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 this idea in this world is called necessary sins. Uh, and the best way to describe necessary sins is, is it's something we believe it's okay because our culture around us says it's okay. Uh, we think, uh, we know for sure, we know that, that stealing is wrong, right? Because, you know, it just, it's just not right. Uh, we know murder is wrong, rape is wrong, uh, and those would be classified, you know, sins for sure. Uh, but when it comes to like lying, you know, white lies or gossip or lusting or anger or some other things that we would talk about. Uh, we put them in their own category, this own little box, and we, sort of, we say that they're sort of necessary uh, just to get by, to cover up, or we even justify them by saying it's, it's just the way I was brought up. It's just okay. It's, it's just who I am. And I believe the big question that we've struggled with thus far is, is, is just this, how does God view them? You know, what does God think as Christ followers that we're still gossiping? You know, we're still lusting. We're still lying. You know, what does he think about that? Even though the world around us says it's okay, even though our parents raised us this way and it's just the environment that we can consider, you know, this is who I am, even though our neighbors across the street do it, how does God view that? That is a great question that we can tackle. 
And I believe, honestly, if we could just be serious and just really focus, I believe it breaks his heart. I believe it, it just, it breaks his heart because we've distorted the truth. We've distorted the truth and we know what the real truth is. And, and truth is Christ. And say it with me, church, the truth will set you free. It will set you free. The question is, is do you believe it? Remember this word, free. At the end of the service, we're gonna come back to it. But I believe there's freedom in Christ. I know there is, just because of my life. And so week one, we embrace the sin of lying. And just because it's the common thing to do in our culture doesn't give you the authority to do it, nor is it right. The next week, we jump straight into gossip and concluded that everything we must say must be true, but everything true does not have to be said. And as well, if they're going to gossip to you, they're going to gossip about you. Um, you should have, I grew up in a Baptist church. You should have said amen on that. You know Baptist people. You know that's true. You know, they'll gossip around the food table. It's just true. With a chicken leg in their hand, they'll gossip about you. It's just true. And last week, we embraced the idea of lust and discover you are only strong as you are honest. If you're struggling with it, meaning if you're struggling with it, we need to confess it. Struggling means we have not been defeated yet. And if you want to stop being drugged away from Satan, you remember the fishing lure, the attraction. We have to fight with everything we have left to conquer this battle. They may get our attention, all those little Fishing lures may get our attention, but we don't have to take the bait. And Satan, the father of all lies, is trust me, he's throwing everything at you every single day to see if he can get your attention. And so before we jump into today's subject, I know over the past couple of weeks, we've seen some true healing take place in some dark areas of people's life by confessing. And I just want to tell you that I've personally seen God do some amazing miracles even this week uh, through the power of prayer. And I just want to give him some praise, man. I, I just want to literally just want to say thank you, Jesus, you know, for what he's doing. Because um, I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt, man, it, it's just God. It's just God doing what God does. And, and we have to at least acknowledge it and give him credit because it does, not re, it does not even have a chance to have credit with me or you or anybody. It's just God doing what he does best. It's turning the hearts to people back towards him. And so I've seen people literally uh, make huge decisions in their life and can, to confess God as their public savior this morning. And they'll be going public next week. And that's just awesome. And I encourage you to be here. I want to personally invite you next week to celebrate with us what it looks like to change lives that change lives as we continue to light up the world one light bulb at a time out in that orange room until we fill it up and then we'll go to the next strand of light bulbs. That's what those little small light bulbs represent out in those orange rooms. Those are people who have changed their lives by saying, I'm all in, I'm going public. And next week we have the chance to do that again. And over the past four weeks now, we, we've literally... Uh, 
been starting the, the sermon off, at least this time together, by the reading of a Psalms. And, and you know, Psalms was written by King David. This is a very powerful, powerful prayer that King David wrote and, and, and was a man after God's own heart, but he struggled. He struggled daily. If you know his story, man, he killed people. He lusted after people. He committed adultery. And yet he's a, he's a child of the one true king. He followed God. He did everything he could in his, his earthly temple to say, you know what? I can do better. And so he wrote this prayer, and I thought it would be important for us to say it again this morning. So if you got your word, if you don't, it's Psalms 139, verse 23 and 24. But in 23, it says this, say it with me, church. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there are any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. You know, today is all about not searching your neighbor, not about searching the person on the front row, back row, wherever we may be. It's about you. Search me, God. Now, I started off in the welcome idea of search me, God. Hey, you're welcome here. Search me. So I don't know what you're coming from and where you're coming, you know, with the, with the baggage that we bring up here, but I just pray that your heart is ready to be open and transparent and test it. Test it with what we're getting ready to open up. Test it and see if there's any offensive ways that are not God ways. And so we can start to walk in his ways. And so the necessary sin I want to talk about today is the sin of anger. It's one of those that we don't really talk about. Anger is, is, is very easy to justify and rationalize. Basically, one could say, hey, if you, haven't, if you hadn't, I wouldn't have gotten mad. If you didn't do that, I just would not have gotten upset. Or if this didn't happen this way, I wouldn't have lost my cool. I mean, this is just the way God made me, you know? That's just who I am. I'm kind of a hot-headed, red-headed person. And this is just how I deal with things. This is just me. This is how I deal. This is how I cope. And what we want to do is, is get beyond the excuses and talk about the real truth about anger. And I know this for a fact. This is just the truth. Um, this week, as we prepare ourselves for something major on Tuesday, on Wednesday morning, post-presidential elections, some of you will be angry after hearing this message. No matter what you do, you're going to be angry in the morning when you wake up and turn the news on. You will turn to Facebook and say things that are not godly. You will, you, will, you will be hateful at home and at work, and you will just blow it off and just call it what it is, and you'll say stuff like, they won, those Democrats won, they cheated, They've, they have false ballots, they did, they've done everything. Or you'll say, those Republicans, they leaked false information on WikiLeaks. You, you'll say it all. You, you'll come up with everything. And for the ones in the middle, you just haven't made up your mind yet. You can blame it on the world. You can do whatever you want to. But the truth of the matter, here's the truth. I believe God's ready for whoever gets the nod. I believe God's already preparing the way because there's already, he already knows. It doesn't matter. It's up to the church to retake our nation. It's up to you which means you and I need to take a stand to be the light of the world, to be devoted to something more than just attending, to be a spiritual consumer at church. You need to be a spiritual contributor. You need to be centering, pointing, and living with Jesus. Why? 
Because Jesus makes things better. Period. When you walk in that ballot, vote Jesus and watch what happens. Just serious. I mean, if you don't know what to vote and your heart's torn, write him in. He's the greatest candidate in the face of the world throughout all times. He might get more votes. Wouldn't that be funny? Just seriously. If he had like a percentage of the vote, that would be awesome. It would be awesome to see what happens. I'll say this this way. I've said it before. Healthy church equals healthy nation. An unhealthy church equals unhealthy nation. You wonder why we're at where we're at? Because the church has messed up for a couple years now. So come on, church. Come this Wednesday. You have the same assignment that you do today post-election. And it's one thing. Love God. Love others. Love one another. And if you're struggling with that, you can take it up with Jesus. Just saying. I mean, you can go to him and talk to him about it. If you're, tr- if you're gonna struggle, whoever that person is, red or blue, you need to take it up with the Father because that means something off in here is off-centered. So, you got it? That's my spill on the voting thing. Hashtag, go vote. So, um, uh, anger, anger, let's finish this. Let's finish this the strong way. This is a sin that really concerns me and I believe uh, the way we don't handle our anger will hurt at the heart of God as well. And anger can destroy our witness and ultimately even our relationship with God if we allow it. I believe we need to understand that that not all anger leads to wrong results. You need to hear me say that again. I believe that all, uh, to understand that all, all anger does not lead in wrong results. In fact, just to feel angry isn't necessarily a sin. In fact, we could argue that there's such a thing as sanctified anger. Come on, thank God, right? When I step on Legos, it hurts in my house. And I just have to bite my tongue and walk down and say, pick it up, please, you know? Pick it up. For the 15,000th time, pick it up. And just love. And in fact, we need to understand that that sanctified anger is is, 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 is allowing us to grow and mature in ways that are only God ways. And then, though, there's sinful anger. There's sinful anger. Feeling upset about something isn't where sin occurs. It's our response to anger from the inside that leads us to do the right thing or the wrong thing. And a lot of us camp out on the wrong thing. In fact, Paul said it this way to believers in in Ephesus when he was circling and doing his ministry. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27, if you don't have a Bible, I would always encourage you to download the version or the Olive Tree Bible, or there's Bibles in the back. You can take them, or it's on the screen behind me. But in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27, he said, in your what? In your anger... In your anger, do not sin. I mean, that's just straightforward, a straight-up statement, right? I mean, there's no cut in that one any other way. It just says, do not sin. So that means it's okay to get angry, but just don't sin. Don't let it corrupt your heart. Search my heart, God. In other words, you may feel angry, but you don't have to have the wrong response. You're not sinning. If you're angry, In your anger, do not sin, he said. Do not let the sun go down on you while you're still, what? Angry. 
And then he said, and do not give the devil a what? Ooh, getting good now. Do not give the devil a foothold. Do you all understand what the foothold is? I mean, I, I envision foothold like, you know, I grew up in, in WWF time, Hulk Hogan, and, you know, all these wrestlers, you know, uh, and so Jimmy the Fly Snooker, you know, all these, you know, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And so the foothold was when they grabbed the foot and they, they wrestled you off, you know, they held you down. They, they, can, they just held you tight with the foothold. Sometimes you had to tap out. That's essentially what it's describing. I mean, that's essentially, foothold translated into the Greek is the word topos. And the word means opportunity or location. It literally means a room. In other words, when anger floods into your life, don't let the devil have a room to your heart to cause you to sin because it breeds hate. And, it, and you become someone you're not, which is a child of the one true king. You see, in the story of Cain and Abel back in the Old Testament, in the first book of the Bible, found in Genesis, these dudes were brothers and they were making an offering for the Lord. One brother, Abel, made a great offering. He made a good offering. It was good. The Lord accepted. But Cain's offering was rejected by God because he sort of didn't do his best. So Cain got kind of angry on the inside. He got really, really angry. And it turned into what? Sin. You see, God began talking with Cain and even calls him out by asking a simple question, why are you angry? He even warns him, if you do what is right, all will be well. But if you continue to do what is wrong, sin will be crouching at your door. Foothold. You're giving the devil a foothold, Cain, a room to stay in your heart. And it causes sin. You see, my first idea that I had when I really started to investigate anger, you know, just type it in and you start to look for Google images and other things. And, and honestly, this image popped up. And you might know this image. You know, this is a great movie, Inside Out. This is, this is the character Anger. I mean, he just goes around, it doesn't matter, and basically what they've done is, in, the, in your mind, you have joy, you have peace, you have, you know, feelings, right? Well, then they took the feeling of anger, and they put him into character, and they did a remarkable job of describing him. And maybe you've seen this movie or not, but it's a great movie that allows all the emotions of a person has in life to come to life through a character, and this anger is spot on. You see, some people, honestly, just walk around angry all the time. They're like a ticking time bomb. Anybody know anybody like that? You just don't want to even go in a room. I see one hand, I see two. Yeah, you just don't even get it. You know, you're walking down the other side of the road. You're just like, nod. You don't even, you know, it's one of those moments. Because you know you don't need to embrace that today. You don't have the temperament yourself to embrace it. Now, I know most of you know who this next person is. You know, this next person is... Ooh, yeah, some of you know it, some of you don't. Let me introduce you to it. His name is the Incredible Hulk. And we actually have some of these folks here today. I mean, we just, we really do. You lose your cool and, and it just, all of a sudden, it just, it starts to spew and you just sit there and you start to shake. You mean, you just start to literally shake and all of a sudden it just blows out of you. It comes out and you attack. You go into full out blown anger mode and it just is vile. And I would call you, I would call you this. 
I would call you a spewer. You see, a spewer will express their anger from within, and express is a nice word in the situation, if you know what I mean. It's more like erupt or explode, and whoever is closest to you gets the blunt of the trauma. You lose your cool, and you go off, and you know you do it, and you just don't care. You've never broke free from it. The question is, is why? And I would also say this. How many of you would honestly say that when anger comes, frustrations or intolerance or whatever you are, you're a spewer, would you just slip your hand up and just confess that right now if you know that's one of you? You see, this is, just be honest with me. You feel better when you do this, but the truth is no one else feels better around you. You've done some collateral damage and there's some serious wounds that have to be healed and there is collateral damage beyond what we think what went out through our anger and it's hurt people and you've hurt the child of God next to you. There's some things that you need to work on this morning and God has called us to be people of self Control. You need to hear me say that again. He has called you to be a person of self-control. In the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 29.11, Proverbs 29.11, the wisest man in the world, Solomon, wrote this, and he said it this way. Fools, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. And so if you're a spear this morning, I just pray that you take that heed, take that advice from the wisest man that ever walked on the face of this earth. And maybe for some of you, anger comes in forms of arguments like this picture. You know, spouses and you just don't know what to do next and it just fuels it and it goes left and it goes right. Maybe it's a brother and a sister and maybe you were raised in that environment where it's just brewing everywhere every single day. And what I've realized, because I have three children, one on the way, that even babies can get into the environment. I mean, it is crazy what they do. <laughs> they start to see you do it and they start to do it. I mean, it's just like, it's crazy. And it can just, it can corrupt in a whole environment. And so, but there are others who are not spewers. And, you know, they're not the ones that just spew it out, right? These guys, and maybe you're one of them. And so if you're not a spewer, you could be this word. You could be a, a stewer. A stewer. So what do stewers do? If spewers express it, stewers actually suppress it. They hold it in. They hold it in, and you are going to push it deep, 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 deep down inside you and try to, to refrain it from coming out. In Psalms 32, 3, it says it this way. King David writes this, when I kept silent, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groanings all day long. You see, you're supposed to let it out. You just don't have to let it turn into anger. When I pushed it down, my emotion, my, my deepest part of my inside, the deepest part of my soul was damaged the entire day. Some of you don't fight externally. You fight this internally in your head. When people walk into the room that you have disagreed with or you do not like, you sit on the opposite side of the room. You just go full out crazy mode in your head because you suppressed it. You say things in your head that would make a sailor blush. 
That is true. I mean, you sit there in your mind's ticking, your eyebrows going like this, and sometimes you just wonder, what is going on with her or him? You know, you just, you can't sit still. Your knees are tapping. And you know it's true. You may think you're in control of the situation, but you're not because you have allowed the devil to have a foothold, a foothold, a place for the devil to stay a while and cause total destruction in your heart. That's why David said, search my heart, O God. And so for you stewards out there, you may feel like you're exhibiting self-control by suppressing your emotions, but I'm telling you, two things are going to happen. One, it's going to mess with you on the inside. It's going to continue to erupt eventually. It's going to torment your brain. And number two, it will come out sooner or later. And when it does, it's like sweeping it under the rug. Eventually somebody trips and look out. It is not good. It's a total disaster. It will hurt you and hurt others. It's a dangerous affair to be playing with. So stewards, if it's you, I'm asking you begin to work on that today. You see, in Proverbs 17, 14, it says this. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. Now think about that. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. Think about the pressure behind a dam, just waiting to come at you. Pressure that's the, that, that you couldn't possibly contain anymore. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam, so drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Have you gone to God before you've done anything else? Have you gone to God before it just continues to stew? Have you asked him to remove the anger? Or are you just going to let it be necessary? It's just a necessary part of life. No, it's not, my friend. You need to drop it at the feet of Jesus and give it to God, flee from it like we talked about last week, and walk away and enjoy the favor of what God can do through your situation and focusing on him for the rest of your life. The rest of your life. Now, um, I, just, I just want to pray some life that God will speak into yours today to both the spewers and the stewers. And, and that can only come from one thing, his, his Holy Spirit. That's it. You know, we, we encountered some worship earlier and that wasn't amazing. But I'm telling you, it, it, it's, what's amazing is when you decide to take a step. And for you to take a step, we might lean into the brother of Jesus. And his name is Anybody? James. I didn't know if he was going to have somebody just pop up and be Bible trivia, A1A, you know. But it's the brother of Jesus is James. And James wrote something remarkable in James chapter 1, verse 19. And he said it this way, hey, if you got some anger happening, hey, if you got something going on internally and you haven't dealt with it, he says it this way. I love how he says it. He says, he says it this way. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. So if you're not taking notes, the brother of Jesus, James, said take notes, all right? Take notes. He says everyone, not just some, not the stewards, not the spewers, but everyone. Everyone should be quick to what? Listen and slow to speak, and here it comes, and slow to become angry. 
Because human anger does not produce the righteousness, ooh, getting good now, of that God desires. And so, man, that's just, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. And this is a verse that, that, that it's tough to really put into context because we don't know how to do this one. I think as Christ followers, if we learn how to do this one, I think life gets better because you're making Jesus the center of your life. Things can get better. But anger, anger sometimes does not produce righteousness that God desires simply because we've allowed it to, allow, to have a foothold on our heart. And, and, and it's because when we are slow to anger, church, when we, when we become like God, we can actually start to do things differently. It changes the course of, of the trajectory of what church looks like, it, what we look like when, we, when we're following God. Actually, there's seven books of the Bible that say this, that God is slow to anger. It doesn't say he, he never gets angry. It just says he's slow to anger. And it says he's, he's slow to get angry. And if we could choose to give people the benefit of the doubt, did you hear me, guys? If we could choose to, to give the benefit of the doubt and to become peace givers and become slow to get angry, church, you become like God. So what do we do? We go to him and we ask him to forgive us from what's going on in the inside and we ask him to direct us and we ask him to be the center of everything because we can't do it without him, period. And so I wanted to introduce you uh, to two men that I believe have, have been dealt some life circumstances. And in my opinion, these life circumstances are pretty, pretty real, pretty actually, you know, for some people, they, have, they probably have the right to be angry they have the right to be angry, and, and they can come on up here. One of them is David Life, and the other one is James Hun. And so, if you would, just welcome them on up to the stage. And so, I've gotten to know uh, these two gentlemen, uh, literally, for for. I don't know how long I've known David. It's been at least almost 15, 16 years. And James just recently come into my life for the past year and a half. And it's been just a privilege to get to know both of them. Uh, but what I want to ask is, is literally just to, 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 for James just to give me a little bit of background story. He's from Danville, uh, born and raised. But then we're just going to talk about a couple things in three or four minutes. Just sort of give us the synopsis of, of your life story. So uh, my life my life story, of, as Jason said, I was raised here in Danville, but there was a secret a lot of people didn't know that as a kid from the age of four to 12, I was molested. And through this, I became very angry. What uh, saved me, of course, was I believe is the grace of Jesus Christ, but I joined the Air Force. And I stayed away for 30 years, 27 years in the Air Force. But even in that, I still kept my secret. And that secret belt, uh, I couldn't tell nobody in the church because I felt like the church would judge me. I couldn't tell nobody in the Air Force because of that time in the Air Force, you just didn't talk about stuff like that. Uh, number three, that brought struggle with my relationship with my wife, with my kids, uh, especially with my male sons. Uh, today, our relationship still needs to be healed. 
because of that. Uh, but through that, uh, there was a time when I wanted to kill myself, literally, panic attacks. But through that, uh, somebody asked me, did you ever get angry with God? I questioned God. I questioned why was I born in my family? I did. But through that, I still experienced the love and the compassion of Jesus Christ. And that's the reason why I say, God, every bad thing that happened in my life, I know it's going to turn out for good. I might not see it right now, might not understand it, but I truly trust and believe that through that, Jesus Christ can be the one who heals and bring hope into your life. Amen. And then a couple of years ago, in Afghanistan, after I retired from the Air Force, my background was military intelligence. I took a defense contracting job in Afghanistan. Uh, do you have the picture? Yeah, we actually have the picture, so right. they should be able to show it. Uh, there was a freak accident where I was on my way to the U.S. Embassy. I wasn't allowed to carry a weapon uh, because uh, my contract didn't allow that, so I was riding full battle rattle with my helmet. Hell, have as we was going through the Kabul uh, just because if, the, if we came under suppression fire, the army guys would get out, suppress fire if we was under attack. But my head hits the top of an up-armored vehicle. And that accident, the disc almost severed my spinal cord. And uh, There's the picture. It's, you can uh, see the, the vertebrae going through almost the complete spinal yeah, cord. Yeah, so uh, uh, through that, I, I was evacuated to Dubai. I was in surgery for eight hours. They had to cut me through the front of my neck and the back of my neck to fuse my neck back together. Uh, they had to move my vocal cords. Uh, and I, they told me, every doctor that I've seen said I should have been paralyzed from the neck down. I was telling Jason, the weird thing about it, the U.S. side wouldn't even see me at the hospital in Kabul. It was the French. Don't, don't hate the French. It's the French. <laughs> it was the French doctor that ran this scan right here wouldn't even let me leave the hospital. She's because if you fall, you'll be paralyzed from the neck down. But through that, in the hospital in Dubai, I asked God two things. I said, God, give me my voice back because I want to preach your word and I want to sing. I love to sing. And number two, I want to be able to run so I don't get fat. <laughs> so so <laughs> a couple of weeks ago in September, I ran my first K race here in Delvin. I came in second place for my age group. Amen. Praise God. Uh, and, and, and God is amazing because there's so many times you could look and say, James, you should be angry. But mm -hmm. once you come and you experience the love, the grace, and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, all anger goes away. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Is there still a struggle days? Yes. But when you know that you are a child of the one true king, I am no longer a slave to fear. Mm -hmm. I am a child of God. I am a child of the one true king. Amen. And so the next gentleman I'd like to at least uh, hear a little background story is David Life. Uh, and so David, you, you build cabinets for a living and I'll let, them, I'll let you fill in the rest of the gaps here for us. Wow, that was amazing. Thank you very much. So I build cabinets for a living. We have our own cabinet company. <clears throat> I'm not gonna mention it because this isn't an advertisement, but. But um, they do produce life, right? That well, we made his cabinets. <laughs> so, uh, so my story is that uh, seven and a half years ago, I was declared legally blind. I, uh, not a good day, within a couple of days of my birthday, which was 
not really nice, but uh, um, it is called cone rod degeneration. It's a form of retinitis pigmentosa, and uh, basically it's hereditary. It has to do with the retina, and uh, it's just a slow uh, degeneration that ends up in blindness. My mother, complete blindness. My mother is completely blind, and um, unfortunately my daughter has it too. Um, so what that meant to me at that point in time was uh, I had to stop driving, which was, even today, is probably one of the very, very hardest things about losing your eyesight. Um, but stop driving and uh, not being able to read uh, anything anymore makes it tough because I really enjoy reading. Um, and lastly, uh, the other biggie, is uh, not being able to see your, your wife's face, your children's face, your own beautiful face in the mirror. <laughs> I know that I'm getting better and better looking as the years go by, and it's hard. Um, now, two weeks ago we covered lying, so someone has been... I have faith. Um, so that kind of gives you an idea of some of the negative. On the positive note, the state of Kentucky gives you a fishing license with a trout permit for five bucks a year. Um, and strangely enough, to a blind guy, it's, it includes a hunting license with a deer tag. <laughs> Don't ask me to explain that. Um, but I, I have a hunting license, okay. So, uh, so when Jason asked me to talk about anger and blindness, my family thought it was kind of funny because um, anger just is not in my DNA. If, if you knew my father, my grandfather, um, I think I've seen my father angry twice. And um, believe me, I was there. Uh, I know why he was angry. Um, but uh, we don't get angry. Life's uh, down my heritage, don't really get angry. It's kind of it's kind of shocking. Um, but I say that because the fact that I'm going to say it's it is my relationship with God that has given me a peace and the ability not to be angry. Because I promise you, uh, I've gone through rough times in the last seven and a half years. It's been very hard and. Um, it's just not been good. It's been, well, I can't say that. It's been hard. There's been a lot of good. Um, so I tell you about my DNA so that when I say um, my relationship was with God, it doesn't sound like I'm you know, being proud or anything. But the truth of the matter is, it is my relationship with God that has done it. Hmm. Um, so there's two, two aspects I just wanted to hit really quick. The one is I've always had a really good, under when it comes to anger and God, I've had a really good understanding of who God is based on the only thing that we really have to base our, our understanding of God on, and that's Scripture. So Scripture is so clear that pain, suffering, even death was never God's intent from the very get-go. And then you've got all this nastiness in the Old Testament. And then he sends Jesus for the express purpose for restoration, to set us free so that there is a day coming with none of this. So that understanding 
doesn't allow me to be angry with God. It's, it's more of a logical thing that I just know God is good. And he, he's not the, the, uh, the origin of my problems. And um, secondly, it, it is a relationship. You know, I've been through the times of asking, okay, so it's not God's desire, but you've got to work through the God allowed it. And for that, you know, knowing who God is and knowing God, really knowing him and walking with him, the bottom line is I just trust him. Mm. Um, I so, so understand that it's not about me and, and what I want today to be different. <clears throat> even for my family, even for my daughter, I know that he, he sees a much bigger picture and he sees a much uh, longer picture in time. And his kingdom is what it's about. And I trust that he knows what he's doing and that it's what we need to do is get in line with that kingdom and stop thinking so much about our own, what, what we want today. Cause he's got it. He, he's got it. So that's Amen. what I've got. So if I wish to ask uh, uh, James and uh, they sort of already done this, uh, but in, in just one sentence, uh, the, by all means, I've been able and been privileged to walk with some gentlemen in my life, and, and, and I look up to both of these guys. Even though I stand above them, I, I look up <laughs> to them. And, and because of their life circumstances and the honesty and transparency that they've allowed me in. And honestly, I, I know there's a lot more I need to learn from this dude, but I've learned a lot from a blind cabinet maker. And the, just their family and some of the circumstances that they've been dealt over the past eight years. I would encourage you just to get to know them and learn more from them because I'm going to ask this question and I'm going to ask them to answer it in one sentence. But here it comes. Your stories, honestly, if, it, if it's just me, gives you the pass to have anger. Okay? You both have that right. But why? Why in one sentence? Has anger not held you hostage? For, it, for me, it's just understanding that he is a good, good father. And he has not allowed anything in my life that did not fulfill his purpose. And because of that, I have experienced his love, that unconditional love of the father. Amen. David? Yeah, I... I would, I would just kind of summarize what I said earlier, that, and that keeps it in one sentence, because mm -hmm. it was that, and it keeps going. Um, I kind of blew it just now, yeah. I'm up to three, four. Um, I would just say that it is the fact that I understand that it's about God's kingdom, and it's about relationship, and it... it doesn't really matter what you're going through, you can still do that. Yeah. Amen. So as we wrap up here and we wrap up with necessary sins, the band's going to come. I'll let you guys, hang on, just stay with me for one second. I'll just finish up this, this and just say it this way. Um, 
the, the best news I have for all of us to wrap up this series in a way is, is, is it this way. We all deserve God's anger. We all deserve God's anger because we have sinned and we've blown it. Um, our sin separates us from God. But, and, and if you don't believe me, Romans 3, 23, it says we've all have sinned and fall short of what? Of God. But God in his grace, in his grace, gave us the one and only son, Jesus. And he didn't give us rage. He gave us mercy. And as a result of mercy, lives are changed. These two men, these lives are changing lives that change lives, which make disciples, which has a purpose. Your story has a purpose for him and him alone. And out of the overflow of what God is doing in, in our hearts, in their hearts, uh, so shall we live and spread the same grace that God has ushered in to all of us. Because the world desperately needs it. They need to hear stories of grace. That's what you just heard. And so my question is for all of us this morning, what is your story? From, from gossip, lying, lust, and anger, whatever it is, it's a story. If you have a relationship and what you heard is a relationship with the Father, the good good father. The only way we're going to be able to do that is to break away, to break physically away from the sins or the bondage or being held hostage so we can feel the freedom that comes in Christ Jesus. So today, flee from sin. Break the chain that is holding you down to sins so we can experience the light of the world that ushers in a love that can change everything. Jesus, man, that's my prayer as we just sing a song and just experience your holy presence. I'm asking for favor right now as people begin to stir. It's not words from three men. It's, it's actually your spirit moving them. And so may they recognize that in a way that allows them to say, God, are you there? Is this really... Is this true? Jesus, that's my prayer, that people, even those who have been in this church for years and have done the church thing, may they not just do church things anymore, but they do God things, and that only comes from walking away from the sin that entraps them. Hebrews text talks about that. Just drop it. Get away from the sin that entangles us. So Father, whatever it is, may we just walk away today from those necessary sins that we call them, and I'll just call an ace and ace, it's sin. It's the Father's lies that says, oh, it's just okay today. You, you, can, you, don't, you can put your hand up, but you don't have to go up. God, whatever it is, may you just be real. May you be true. May you usher in light. May you usher in love and marriages with our family, our relationships. Most importantly with us, me and you, God, I just pray that we can get so real right here in this next moment that we can change the world together as we walk out of here. And that is my prayer. As we sing, as we stand, may we be obedient to the Father, the good, good Father. In your name, amen.